This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be doing a spoiler-filled discussion on Marvel's latest film, Black Widow. Now, this is the first Marvel Studios film since Spider-Man Far From Home back in 2019. We have received, of course, the three Disney Plus series with WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and the recent Loki as well. But this is the first film that we've had since Spider-Man Far From Home, and it's a prequel uh, taking place between Civil War and Infinity War and following Black Widow on an adventure that I guess we previously didn't know about, but an adventure I think that is deserving. Now, we have had this... I guess, perception of Black Widow based on her performance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the past 10 years, really. Um, There's been this connotation where she originally was, I guess, brought in in Iron Man 2 as like this over-sexualized character. And over time, she's grown to become a fan favorite because of Scarlett Johansson's fantastic performance. But this film does feel like it almost is 10 years too late. Uh, And now that Black Widow, of course, passing away in Avengers Endgame, it just feels like it's come at a very strange time. I I was anticipating, you know, seeing a new Marvel film like I think a lot of people were. But at the same time, it just feels very strange that we are getting a prequel of a character who has passed away where it feels like it's a bit of a dead-end movie. It does provide context to a character that fans love and people have been wanting this film for such a long time now. But like I said, it just feels like it's too late. We should have got a Black Widow solo movie very early on in the piece. Now, I understand that there would have probably been a bit of uh, hesitation around that. But with the success of Captain America Winter Soldier back in 2014 and Black Widow playing such a large part in that film... I think that a Black Widow film could have existed around that time. And the reason I bring up The Winter Soldier is because this film is very close in tone to that movie. I still think The Winter Soldier is a better film, but there is a lot to like here with Black Widow. I, of course, do have my problems, which we'll get into, and I want to discuss a few of the plot elements and I guess what this film means in the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe story, because... We can't really look at these films as contained pieces because they do have such a, you know, a, a juggling act to really perform where they have to exist in their own merit, but they also have to fit into the larger jigsaw puzzle that is, of course, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So with all that in mind, let's just get stuck into this one. Um, and yeah, like I said, this is going to contain spoilers. So if you haven't watched this film yet, then don't listen any further than here because I'm going to be going into a lot of spoilerific detail. And yeah, you're going to have a fair few things spoiled. So let's just get stuck into this one, guys. So take it away, trailer. I used to have nothing. And then I got this job. This family. 
But nothing lasts forever. I heard you had to leave in a hurry. It's never easy these days. So what are you going to do? I've lived a lot of lives, but I'm done running from my past. I know you're out there. I know you know I'm out here. So we're going to talk like grown-ups? Is that what we are? It's good to see you too, sis. What brings you home? We have unfinished business. We have to go back to where it all started. Lucky us. One thing's for sure. It's gonna be a hell of a reunion. Still fits. Family. Back together again. You got fat. So Black Widow was directed by Kate Shortland and stars Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Weisz, Ray Winstone and William Hurt and follows Natasha Romanoff as she confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Uh, so that's just the general plot. Essentially um, what happens here, we have the Red Room, which we were hinted at back in Avengers Age of Ultron. And essentially it's the program that the Black Widow um, organization, I guess, or the Black Widows themselves are all a part of. Essentially, it's uh, a bunch of women from around the world who have taken predominantly from backgrounds where they may have been introduced to uh, sex slavery and things like that. And Ray Winston's character, Drakov, uh, essentially kidnaps these women and turns them into assassins really and that that's the general plot here um and then uh florence pugh's character yelena who is a i guess a, a sister of sorts to natasha and the two of them uh team up there as they've got a serum now that can free the black widows um and, and let them live out their lives sort of thing and they want to take down uh drakov so Essentially, Drakov, they thought, was dead. Um, Natasha and Clint, of course, Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner, uh, the two of them are on a mission back uh, before the days of the Avengers where they thought that they had killed Drakov, but they haven't, and he's still been operating the Red Room, but out of, I guess, the the eye of not even the public but just the government in general, and no one really knows that this organisation is still running. And yeah, that, that's the general plot. So they've got to team up and bring the band back together uh, with David Harbour's Alexi, or the Red Guardian, and Melina, played by Rachel Weisz. Um, and yeah, essentially they put together this little team uh, to take down uh, this big bad. Um, we also have the Taskmaster as well, played by Olga uh, Kurilenko. Uh, who is the Bond girl, of course, from Quantum of Solace. She's appeared in many other films as well, but 
predominantly known for that role. Um, and yeah, essentially she is the daughter of Dracov, which is the big third act reveal. Um, and that's pretty much the plot on the surface. So what did I like? I really liked uh, exploring Natasha's backstory. Like I said, she's a really interesting character and seeing that opening sequence where it's uh, her, Yelena, Alexei uh, and Melina all living together um, and essentially them being taken away by Ray Winston's uh, Dracov in, in that early sequence, I thought that was really interesting. So essentially they're, they're, we get to see their dynamic together as a family or a pseudo family that whole sequence reminded me of the entire TV show, The Americans. And if you haven't seen The Americans, uh, it is fantastic. It's a really, really good show. But yeah, that's pretty much the premise of The Americans. So that was cool to see that at the start because it sort of plays into that, um, I, I guess, the Cold War era spy thriller, which I found to be interesting and a bit of fun too. So that was good and it really established the tone for the rest of the film. This film is close in tone to what The Winter Soldier is. Uh, it reminded me a bit of The Bourne Identity a little uh, and the other Bourne films, uh, which was cool as well. This film doesn't have too many moments of levity. Uh, all the humour is pretty much derived from David Harbour, who I thought was really entertaining as the Red Guardian as well. I really liked him and I would like to see him in future Marvel projects. So hopefully, even though this is a prequel, we still get to see David Harbour down the road a little. Uh, he was a part of the Super Soldier Serum uh, formula uh, program. And essentially, he was Russia's Captain America. So it was really cool to see him. And I enjoyed seeing David Harbour on screen because I think he's fantastic. And after the abomination that was Hellboy, I was happy to see him take on another um, comic book project again because I don't want him to be completely sidelined because I feel like he is a very talented actor. And outside of, I guess, Stranger Things, he has been a lot of fun in a lot of roles. And here he's chewing up the scenery and having a great time. And I really liked his dynamic with the rest of the girls. There's some really fun sequences with him, uh, some pretty good action sequences too, uh, because he is a bigger man and he has that super soldier serum. You can sort of feel the punches because he, he, he is a bigger guy. And, he, of course, he has that strength about him, which I really enjoyed uh, Florence Pugh is really good as well. I think she steals a lot of the film. Uh, she's been criticised before because of her pouty face that she's seen to have in films like uh, Midsummer. is probably the biggest, uh, she's the biggest culprit in. Uh, there's that classic photo at the end of the film where she's frowning and it's sort of taken over a bit there. Like that, that that's sort of the image that people have of her. Um, she does a bit of that here, but I think that her performance is really strong. She's a really good actress. I think that she's got a lot of potential and I'm keen to see her in more projects moving forward. Again, her character here, Yelena, is fantastic and I would like to see her uh, in other future Marvel projects. And I hope that because this is a prequel, we don't see her character sidelined as well because I feel that she could really add something. I don't really want her to be a replacement of Black Widow moving forward, but I would like to see her in more, more films. And I hope that if they go down the route of maybe making a Black Widow 2, um, maybe they could go further back in the past. And I would love to see a team-up movie with uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye uh, and see that Budapest operation because I feel like it would be a lot of fun. We finally get to know what they're talking about when they refer to that back in the Avengers. Could have been seen as a throwaway line, but it's given a bit of meaning here because we understand where it's coming from. So maybe they could explore that operation. It could be an idea. 
Um, I'm happy if they don't go down that route. But at the same time, if they do decide to do it, because this film is doing gangbusters over in America, it opened with like $88 million in the States, which is really, really strong. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really liked that dynamic and I really liked the characters. Uh, Ray Winston always does such a fantastic job of playing a bad guy. Uh, he plays Drakov here and he is just a scumbag. And he is always really good at doing that. Um, there's a couple sequences where him and Natasha have a bit of a confrontation at the end and he throws punches at her, which is really confronting, but it really tied in with the character and I'm glad they went down that direction. I didn't want to see a girl get punched, of course, but I just think that it really emphasised that he is a really horrible person and it really emphasised, I guess, the threat of the overall situation. And I thought they handled it in a in a good sense in the in the sense that they sort of capitalized on the fact they've got Ray Winston. He's notorious for being a scumbag in films, so let's utilize that, and I think they do a really good job. The idea of the Taskmaster was really cool too. I like the idea that it's a, a character who can sort of mimic the fight moves of their opponent. Uh, by themselves, the Taskmaster could have been a really interesting villain. Instead, she's used here as the heavy. Um, for those who don't know, the heavy essentially is just the, the brawn for the bad guy if the bad guy can't fight. Um, and that's essentially what the Taskmaster is sidelined to here and relegated to. It's fine. It's okay. But I do have a bit of a problem when that seems to be the Marvel go-to at the moment. Uh, films seem to, you know, if the bad guy can't fight and can't do anything, then let's chuck them, you know, a, a, a character who can do that for them. Um, and it, it is a bit of a go-to at the moment with some of these Marvel projects. And I, I just feel that it's not necessary. We don't really need that. And it's a bit unfortunate that that's what it results in because you have a really cool character and a cool story with that character um, and a decent actress as well playing that character but they're really relegated to just being the heavy of the situation just to provide some fun action sequences. Um, and the action sequences don't get any better than that first one. Unfortunately, uh, with Natasha fighting Taskmaster on the bridge, a lot of the action sequences here actually I found to be quite poor. The in-camera work is really good, so anything that involves realistic stunts um, and some real-life performances from our characters... Whenever CGI is incorporated heavily in these sequences, the film falls apart for me. The complete last act there is just a, a shit fuck. <laughs> I don't really know how else to explain it. It is just unbelievable. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's quite frustrating, to be frank. We have a lot of sequences in these Marvel films, and it's a big studio thing in general. So essentially something that's not widely broadcast and it was something I was only made privy to recently but essentially a lot of the pre-visualization for a lot of these CGI heavy sequences because these films are being pumped out so quickly a lot of the CGI is completed before the movie's actually completed so what they do is they storyboard these sequences they hand them over to the CGI artists who then pre-visualize these sequences so the CGI is all ready to go then they do their insert shots uh, into the film. So essentially the director, Kate Shortland here, would have no control over that because that's already been decided by the studio. They've already filmed all of that. What she has to go in then is work around those sequences 
And, uh, yeah, she essentially does all of those sequences where we see, you know, the characters sit down talking, all the dramatic stuff, the stuff that's really interesting and propels the, the story and the characters forward. Instead, what we have is those sequences which work really well then mixed in with these sequences of just bombastic CGI that just really frustrates me. The last act of this film is just completely just, it's all schlock. I really enjoy stuff where it's Natasha talking to Drakov and we're getting a bit of backstory about what the Black Widow program is. You know, um, we, we have a real tense conversation, uh, the fight stuff that's happening, what Melina and what Yelena are doing and, and, um, all of that's really interesting and what, you know, Red Guardian's doing too. That That's all fun. I really like all of that stuff. What I don't like is just when the ship decides to explode at the end and Natasha's fighting the Taskmaster. Why? I keep calling it Taskmaster. Taskmaster. And they're fighting as the ship's exploding and there's just debris everywhere and they're, you know, Natasha's like falling on and grabbing onto cement and flinging off things. It's like, what is this? This is absolutely absurd. She's not a superhero. She's a well-trained assassin. So this doesn't really make any sense. So that was all really frustrating. And the things that she survives in this film is just beyond absurd. Uh, there's a sequence when she first comes into contact with Yelena um, and the taskmaster has found where they're located. They're essentially trying to escape the building um, and she cops it. She falls from the top story, hits her head, hits her back. She's just falling down, falls on the ground, comes across one of the Black Widows who kills themselves, and she sees that they have no control. Then she runs off, and it leads into this car chase sequence in, in Budapest. And that whole sequence is just like, it's just absurd. I, I'm happy for there to be a bit of absurdity, especially in these big comic book films, because you have to take some levity. But with her copy, the absolute beating she does in these films, it just becomes absurd. Like, I, I'm happy for it to be realistic in the context of the film. Now, you could say, oh, Captain America survives. Yes, he does, but he's a super soldier. He's a superhero. She's not. She's not a super soldier. She's a well-trained assassin. So play to that. Don't have these bombastic action sequences because they make no sense. This whole last act makes no sense, and it really frustrated me. I was just looking at it, and I just thought, there is so much going on here, and it just feels excessive. It, it doesn't really work with the context of where this story is taking place. It's a much smaller contained story within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so play to that. Have a bit of fun with that. We don't need to have these large, huge sequences that just seem to be plaguing every blockbuster these days and it's sort of getting to the point where it's really becoming frustrating and I think this film is one of the worst I've seen in regards to that a lot of these films you know they can have these big action sequences if the stakes are high enough where they make sense have these big action sequences in those Avengers films because that's the lead up in these smaller contained individual Marvel stories and I know they're a part of a larger puzzle, like I said at the start of the review, but you can still have those contained stories in the sense that they don't need to have these huge action sequences. In Loki, a lot of that TV show has, you know, some fun little action sequences here and there, but there's nothing with like a planet explode, or a planet does explode in that show, so that's a bad example. But what I mean is there's none of that sort of unrealistic action where, you know, Loki 
would be falling and he's grabbing onto things and he's swinging around like that. There's none of that. It's, it's very, it's small. I suppose the, the conclusion of Loki is just like them talking to a guy and here in black widow, the conclusion is like this huge platform exploding as they plummet towards the earth, swinging on debris. And they make reference to the Sokovia records during the film because it's just taken place after civil war. And, uh, Ross is after, uh, Black Widow, of course, and we we that would have been an interesting story to tell too. That's another thing they could do. Maybe um, you know her reteaming with you know uh, Steve Rogers, and I was disappointed Steve didn't have a little a cameo here. I would have liked to have seen Chris Evans turn up because I guess in the context of when this story is taking place, he would be around somewhere. So it would have been cool to see him, but they don't really go that route. And Chris Evans has said he's done with Marvel, but is he? We don't really know. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was very, very, um, frustrating in the sense that I just wish that they had of, you know, stuck to the, the more contained sort of story and dealing with that Sokovia Accord, like I was saying that they, you know, the Sokovia Accords, of course, being the collateral damage that comes from these end of the world, like events that the Marvel characters are all taking place in because they're trying to stop this, um, I guess the destruction of planet earth and, that's the whole thing about the Sokovia Accords. And yet the collateral damage here, whilst people potentially don't die, it's hard to say, but when this big ship crashes towards Earth, there is a lot of destruction still. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel that it's gotten to the point with these films that that needs to just get out of here. And I don't think it's going to because they've gone too big now. So because every film is big, then all the action set pieces need to be that big. You know, you can go back to the Ant-Man films where the most exciting thing to happen in the first Ant-Man is a little fight on a on a little train track, um, which is fantastic. And even Ant-Man 2, um, which I don't really like, but in Ant-Man 2, they have, you know, the fight sequence um, in San Francisco with the train. That's the most exciting thing to happen in that film. Have those contained, uh, I guess... Depending on the project, I suppose, like if it's a Guardians of the Galaxy, then it's going to be bigger because it's in space. But have those more contained story elements for the smaller films, like Winter Soldier. Yes, that thing explodes over um, Washington. The, all the helicarriers are crashing into each other and crashing into back down to Earth. But in the context of the story, that was actually really important to the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward. This whole Black Widow adventure isn't important to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's important to her character. So you could contain it a little more. I would have honestly been completely fine if the big conclusion of this film was just Red Guardian fighting Taskmaster and um, Black Widow taking down Dracov. That would have been fantastic. That That's all I wanted to see because that was the internal character stuff and that was the stuff I was enjoying. We don't really need to see the big explosion. I don't know that fans of these big blockbuster films that's what they want to see and it's a cinematic experience on the big screen but it's just a frustration of mine another frustration with this film and it's something i've mentioned previously with these marvel projects and in just disney projects as well is that the cgi looks unfinished it does not look like it's at the quality of what this film costs to make it looks poor their sequences, uh, the bridge sequence I mentioned earlier, I like the action sequence that took place. The actual car accident that happens looks incredibly poor for a film that costs $200 million to make. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I don't know 
if it is because these films are streaming on Disney Plus. I've mentioned that. I'm not entirely sure what's happening, but the CGI looked really poor and it was distracting and it's becoming more distracting. Now, a lot of people aren't privy to that sort of thing, so they're not really looking for it. And I guess I am because I'm critiquing these films. But when I was watching it and everything's exploding, it, it's very noticeable when CGI isn't finished, especially when you're having a look at films that came out you know, 10, 15 years ago that have better CGI effects. It's becoming a distraction. And I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know if anyone else is picking up on it. Cruella was the other one I mentioned where the dogs looked really terrible and a lot of the CGI backdrops looked really poor. So I don't know what it is. And it seems to be Disney films I've picked up on this. Um, but it could be happening in more. I haven't seen Fast and the Furious uh, 9 yet. Um, so I don't know what the CGI is looking like in that film. And I guess that's the big landmark film to compare it to. But... It's just something I'm noticing, and I don't know if yeah if Disney's to blame or what the go is, but it is very distracting, and it's becoming increasingly distracting with these big budget films. And then, like I said, it irritates me a little because of how much they cost to make. Um, but overall, guys, I did enjoy this film. There's nothing else really to talk about. The after credits sequence um, is essentially just Florence Pugh's character paying respects to um, uh, Natasha, who of course passes away in Avengers Endgame. Um, so I did enjoy um, that little sequence. It's nice to see that sisterly bond. And like I said, I hope that some of these characters do appear again. Natasha, of course, can't because she is dead. Um, but I would like to see some of these characters come back because I enjoyed the smaller character moments. It's the large bombastic action that I just am sick of. I'm done with it. I really am. Um, but overall, I think the film itself is quite enjoyable. I, I like the spy elements. I like the tone and I, I really like that espionage-type uh, thriller that they do with some of these Marvel films. Like I said, Winter Soldier is my favourite Marvel film to date, and that film does that really well. And I think Black Widow is like a spiritual sequel in that way, but it just goes a little over the top with some of those action set pieces. But overall, I think the film was enjoyable, and I'm very happy that Scarlett Johansson finally got her own solo movie because she really does deserve it. She's put up with a lot of the you know Marvel films over the years, and she finally got her due. She's a fantastic actress, an Oscar-nominated actress, and she really did deserve um, her own film, and I think she delivered. Uh, I just wish this film had to come out earlier before her character was deceased in the grand scheme of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but overall, guys, I did enjoy this one, and I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. So that's still fresh, guys. It's not rotten. Um, but it, it just didn't live up to, I guess, some of my favorite Marvel installments. And because of things like the action and the CGI, I, I did have a bit of a problem with the way that the film ended. Uh, the film does deal with, you know, some pretty heavy themes too, like I mentioned with like sex trafficking and uh, some of the political turmoil that sort of surrounds that a little. It doesn't go too deep and it's trying to handle a lot, but it goes into it enough where it was, I guess, um, a, a pretty powerful message without beating you over the head with it. It didn't feel like... Um, yeah, it, it was going too far in that direction, which I appreciate because I don't want to see a film go too deep uh, into that, especially in a Marvel film, because it's not the appropriate film for that sort of social commentary. Similar to Black Panther, where they've dealt with the issues that they're trying to present in a meaningful way that doesn't feel like it detracts from the overall film, but it feels like it belongs in the film without going into too much detail. So 
I think Black Widow does a good job in that um, aspect as well. I thought that was handled really well. And I think Kate Shortland's a good filmmaker and I'm interested to see what she does next. Um, but yeah, that brings this review to a close, guys. So thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out my other reviews. I've done a review for Loki, again, spoiler filled. Um, and I'll be having reviews coming out very shortly for Great White and Space Jam, A New Legacy. Uh, a lot of new films coming out now, which is great. And it's cool to be back in a cinema again. So make sure you check out my previous reviews and check out the reviews to come. Uh, make sure you also rate and review the podcast down below. Any reviews help, guys. If you have negative things to say, let me know. Um, but yeah, I really do appreciate your feedback. Also, like and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find me at OzMovieGeek. Uh, and send any questions you have through to OzMovieGeek at gmail.com or any film suggestions. I'm always open to new suggestions. So send those through to me, guys, and what you might want me to review. Um, but yeah, guys, I'll have more content coming at you very shortly. And thank you all for listening again. And until next time, peace out.